the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, before we get into things, you can uh, always remember to check out the uh, Sports Talk with Trop preferred sports books on my uh, official website, katietrop.net. Just go to the website, katietrop.net, hit the tab Sports Talk with Trop, and right at the top, you will see a banner that says Preferred Sports Books. Click right there, and you will find a couple of sports books where you can uh, gamble your life away, even though there's not a lot of sports going on right now, but hey. Basketball's going on, and you can bet on that. So uh, check those out at katietrop.net. And speaking of basketball, let's get right into the Trop 10 NBA Power Rankings for this week. You are going to see that it is very, very Western Conference heavy. As a matter of fact, uh, right off the top, just looking at it uh, real quick, it's uh, there's only two Eastern Conference teams in my Trop 10 this week in the Power Rankings because uh, Eastern Conference is not doing that well. Um, they did. They weren't doing that great all season long, and now they're starting to fall off. And now there's really one team running away with the Eastern Conference at this point, and that is the number one overall team in the league. That is the Boston Celtics. Overall record of 45 and 12. Not only were they the first team to hit the 40 win mark, uh, but now they are the first team to hit the 45 win mark. Uh, they are just head and shoulders above everybody right now. They actually have a seven game lead in the Eastern Conference, even over the second-place team. So that's how far ahead they are in the Eastern Conference at this point in time. Uh, they're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. They are currently on an eight-game winning streak. As a matter of, lo- a matter of fact, their last loss was February 1st against my Los Angeles Lakers. So uh, that was their last loss. And not only was that their last loss, but um, and they keep on winning, but they're blowing teams out. They're not even close games at this point. So... Uh, Boston's looking really good in the regular season. You know, that's been their thing. They dominate the regular season, and once they hit the playoffs, they lay an egg. So we'll see what happens with them this year. But uh, they are running away with the Eastern Conference at this point, and it's pretty much going to take an epic collapse from them and a huge, huge run from another team to really catch up for that number one seed. But I I feel like already at this point in time, the Boston Celtics uh, have the number one overall seed in, in the Eastern Conference uh, just because of how how far ahead they are above everybody, and I don't see them falling off at any point soon. Then at number two on my top ten NBA power rankings of the Denver Nuggets, overall record of thirty nine and nineteen. They're six and four in their last ten games, and they are currently on a three game winning streak. Uh, Nikola Jokic, he had a fan fantastic game last night against the Golden State Warriors. He had yet another triple-double. This time he had 32 points, 16 rebounds, and 16 assists. So not only was it a triple-double, but it was a dominating triple-double. The guy is just getting stronger and stronger as the season wears on. And uh, the Denver Nuggets, they also keep getting stronger and stronger as the season wears on. They're they're now over the injury bug, finally. And uh, if they stay healthy, this team is, is pretty much bound to repeat, in my opinion. They play so well against... Um, all of the top tier teams, they look just like they did last year. Uh, they aren't dominating as they did last year because they were pretty much the number one overall seed 
from start to finish. Um, but th- this year, there's just a few there's a few teams in in their their uh, their division as well that um, are playing really well. So it's kind of difficult for them to maintain the number one spot, but they most definitely could get it by the end of the season. Uh, but it doesn't matter anyways because this team is too damn good. They're getting better as the season rolls on, and uh, they are looking like the defending champions. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Overall record of 40-17. and 17. So they now have finally hit that 40-win mark. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and they are currently on a five-game winning streak. And all of those wins in that five-game winning streak have been huge blowouts by like 20 points. Uh, SGA playing at a high level. This team is, is just really, they're playing great. There's nothing else to say about this Oklahoma City Thunder team other than they're playing great. Um, I just put Denver above them just because Denver's got the championship caliber behind them, and I trust them more than I do the Thunder. But, I mean, the Thunder are right there with Denver. As a matter of fact, they're right above Denver uh, since they've got 40 wins and Denver's only got 39. So they're only a game behind them. But still, Oklahoma City technically ahead of them. But in my power rankings, they're slightly behind only because I don't trust them as much as I trust Denver. And Denver's just getting really hot. They are the defending champs for a reason. So they deserve that championship level of respect. Then at number four in my top 10 NBA power rankings, G, another team from the same exact division as Denver and Oklahoma City. That would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Overall record of 40 and 17. They have also now hit the 40 win mark, uh, seven and three in their last 10 games. Um, they they've cooled off the last couple of games, but I mean, just overall, Minnesota's playing fantastic basketball. Go Bears playing great in the paint. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns and uh, and Anthony Edwards. They're scoring a lot of points. Uh, Conley is just uh, navigating everything as the point guard. And this team looks really good. Now, they're they're right there with uh, Oklahoma City for me, as in I don't trust them just quite yet. Uh, <clears throat> I still think they're young, and they've got a lot of growing to do. But right now, they are a solid team, <clears throat> and they've yet to fall off as well. So uh, I had to put them up there. Then at number five on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the New Orleans Pelicans. Overall record of 34 and 24. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Unfortunately, they are on a two-game losing streak, but even in those, those two losses, uh, Zion is playing great. Uh, as I stated in the, uh, the last episode, I, I feel like the Pelicans are a damn good team as long as Zion stays healthy. If he stays healthy, this team is going to be a force, I feel like, in the, uh, in the playoffs. Now, the wet, like I... Like I said before, the Western Conference is so much better than the Eastern Conference at this point. Kind of feels like Boston's just going to roll through them. But in the Western Conference, I feel like everybody's going to be playing really, really good uh, once we hit the playoffs. And uh, we have some really good teams that could score a lot of points. We have some really good teams that can play defense, that play great in the paint. And the New Orleans Pelicans are an all-around team. And like I said, Zion now is not only just dominating the paint, but he's starting to score quite a bit. He actually just almost, he almost had a triple double, his first one of the season, uh, either in last night's game or the game before. It was over the weekend. Uh, But he just keeps getting stronger. He just keeps getting better as the season wears on. And I feel like that's only going to make the Pelicans a much better team. I feel like you really got to watch out for the Pelicans because they have that defensive edge. And that is what really puts you over the edge in a seven game series come playoff time. So Zion stays healthy. I feel like the Pelicans could go pretty far come playoff time. 
Then at number six on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the team that's fallen just a little bit, the Los Angeles Clippers, over a record of 37 and 19. They're six and four in their last 10 games. Um, and they have got beat these last couple of games. Uh, they did lose this past week to the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Sacramento Kings, and they weren't even close games. As a matter of fact, James Harden had one of his worst games of his life um, against the Sacramento Kings just the other night. So um, they're not playing their best basketball right now, uh, but they're still um, an offensive force. Uh, Paul George has missed a couple of games due to injury as well. So that that takes the wind out of, out of their sails a bit, but they're still a good team. But... As this second half wears on, what's going to happen with them? Are they uh, they're going to suffer through these injuries? Are they going to suffer through having no defense? Or are they just going to keep outscoring everybody in the building? Uh, but as I just said about uh, the, the playoffs, the, you need some, some form of defense to win a seven-game series. And so with the Clippers, uh, while they could score a lot of offense, they lack that much on the defensive side of things. Then at number seven on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Dallas Mavericks. Overall record of 33-24. and 24. They're 7-3 in their last 10 games, and it's just all about Luka Doncic. This guy is just dominating. Right now, he is averaging 34.3 points per game, 9 rebounds per game, 10 assists per game, and 2 steals per game. So he is just doing it, everything, all around game right now. Uh, Kyrie Irving is also having a, a great season. Uh, quietly great season for him, which is which is very shocking because usually he's just running his mouth. But so far, he's just been letting his play on the court do the talking. And uh, he and Luca are meshing really well together. When Luca's sitting down, Irving steps right in and takes up the leadership role and really has had no issues with it. So um, as the second half wears on, it's really going to be interesting to see if Dallas actually is a legit team, um, if they're going to make some noise come playoff time, if they're going to make the playoffs, because right now they're in the, the play-in um, rankings right now. But uh, I kind of feel like this is a really good team. Uh, defense is where they lack as well, but uh, Luka and Kyrie are playing at a really high level, and uh, they are just dominating everybody at this point in time. Then at number eight in my top 10 NBA power rankings, the only other Eastern Conference team on the top 10 this week, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Overall record of 37-19. and 19. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, so they have cooled off just a bit. Uh, you know, coming into the All-Star break, they were the hottest team in the league, and now they've laid a couple of eggs this past week against Orlando and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen with the Cavaliers, but... Um, the Eastern Conference, not a lot going on. Uh, Darius Garland is really starting to uh, come into his own game. Now that he's come back from injury, he's had a couple of weeks to get back under his feet, and he's looking really solid right now. So I still expect Cleveland to be a top-tier team, but they have they have gone silent to start off the second half of the season, which is par for the course right now with uh, pretty much every Eastern Conference team besides the Celtics right now. Then at number nine on my top 10 NBA power rankings, I have the Sacramento Kings. Overall record of 33-23. and 23. They are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, but they are on a three-game winning streak, so uh, they do have a good start to the second half of the season. Um, so far, their first half has been extremely inconsistent. They've been up and down. They have beat good teams, but then they've lost to terrible teams, and uh, they're losing at home. They're losing on the road. Um, even when De'Aaron Fox is having good games, it's just they can't seem to play any type of consistent basketball and it seems to be uh taking the wind out of their sails but right now you know uh the Clippers are starting to fall apart 
but the Phoenix Suns are starting to get hot. So who knows what's going to happen here with the Kings. And then also the Lakers are starting to get hot as well, too. Um, I don't know if I really trust them at this point, and they are most certainly not in the top 10. As a matter of fact, they really haven't been in the top 10 for the majority of the season, but they are starting to get hot. So uh, that division is starting to get really competitive Um, And so the Kings have to start finding some consistency if they actually want to not only make the playoffs, but be taken seriously once they hit the playoffs. And then rounding out the top 10 NBA power rankings this week of the Phoenix Suns, overall record of 34 and 24. They are six and four in their last 10 games. And uh, I I don't know if y'all have heard this, uh, heard this one before, but uh, Bradley Beal is uh, injured yet again. This is now the third time this season. Um, And you can tell it's, it's, Taken a bit away from the Suns. They did get a win yesterday, a, a really easy win for the most part over the Lakers. Um, Kevin Durant and Booker, they both seem to be uh, playing really well. Nurkic is playing well also. Uh, but I kind of feel like if they're going to make any noise come playoff time, they're going to need Beal. And he just seems to, every time he gets going, he gets injured. Every time he gets going, he gets injured. So uh, that's very unfortunate for them, but they still are in it. Uh, They still, like I said, got a huge win over the Lakers yesterday, and it wasn't even close. Kevin Durant pretty much just went off and had his way with the Lakers um, on the offensive side of the ball, at least. And uh, Phoenix, they've uh, they've been pretty hot uh, heading into the second half of the season, and so um, I really expect them to kind of maintain what they're doing and uh, probably get a little bit better here. But uh, the Bradley Beal injury, uh, it just keeps happening, and uh, he just can't he just can't stay in the game. Um, and uh, a little bit of uh, other basketball news this week since we don't uh, talk too much about the San Antonio Spurs because they're such a terrible last team. Uh, we do have Victor Wembanyama on the team who uh, actually is a solid player. He's living up to all the expectations placed upon him uh, before being drafted, and uh, he just did something huge this weekend. He had a 5 by 5 game. Basically what that means is he scored or he had at least 5 points, five rebounds, five assists, five steals, five blocks on the night. And uh, it was, unfortunately for him, in a loss against my Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Lakers won 123 to 118, and it was uh, it was an okay game from the, the Spurs. Hey, I mean, it, they made it close, but uh, quite frankly, it was too close, in my opinion, for uh, the Lakers to be playing a shitty team like that. But uh, I digress. But uh, Victor Wembanyama's stat line actually ended up being, for the night, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals, and 5 blocks. He became the 15th player in NBA history to ever record a 5-by-5 game. Uh, So that just says a lot. Even though the Spurs are a terrible-ass team, they're going nowhere. Um, Hell, they're probably going to be terrible for another couple of seasons, at least. Uh, But at least Victor Wembanyama, uh, he's making them watchable and uh he's doing things that uh that we expected him to do and uh five by five big deal especially like I said only the 15th player in NBA history to do it and uh giving the San Antonio Spurs fans something to cheer about uh moving on to college basketball and the top 10 rankings um in college basketball a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks since we discussed some college basketball in the top 10 a couple of teams have finally lost Uh, So now we have a new number one this week. Uh, And then a couple of teams have fallen off. And then we actually had a little bit of controversy 
with uh, one of the teams in the top 10 this week, which we'll get to. Uh, so right now, this is how the college basketball top 10 uh, rankings look. And we are getting down to the nitty-gritty, by the way. We, we're at February 26th. Uh, so the uh, the conference tournaments are going to be starting here in the next couple, I want to say next week and a half, next two weeks is when we're going to get those. And then it's going to be March Madness, and that's when college basketball gets real. But right now, uh, there's a lot of teams that are starting to fade away. And unfortunately, one of them is my Texas Longhorns. Like, they are so Jekyll and Hyde this season. They're up and down. They've got some good wins, and then they get some really bad losses. And uh, right now, they're looking like they're going to be one of the first uh, four teams out. They're he- heavily on the bubble right now. If they make the if they make the tournament, they're pretty much going to be lucky to make the tournament at this point. But uh, there's a lot of teams in that position, and there's a lot of teams even in the top ten that are uh, falling back, and uh, also some that are maintaining and uh, putting some distance between them and uh, other teams. So let's start off with uh, number one this week, the new number one. Houston has taken back the number one spot. Uh, they got a huge win over Baylor on Saturday in Waco as well, so it was a huge road road win for them. Uh, right now, their record is twenty four and three, so Houston is back up in the top spot. Uh, Purdue maintains the number two spot as they do. They are uh, twenty five and three on the season. They actually just suffered their first loss last week as well, but still, uh, they are back at it. They are probably the most consistent team in college basketball, at least thus far. And uh, really, I mean, looking at it, they obviously it depends on how things shake up um, in in college basketball. But uh, I look at Purdue, and they're kind of one of my, my early picks for a possible uh, national championship, just kind of uh, bouncing off of what they did last season. They had a really good year last year. Um, but this year they've been one of the most consistent teams, and I would not be shocked to see them win it all. Then at number three, the team that has taken a huge tumble, that would be UConn because they finally suffered their first loss last week to Creighton. Uh, their record right now is 25-3. and three, So they have, uh, you know, they were on their huge winning winning streak there and uh, suffered. And it wasn't even a close loss. It was like a 20-point loss to Creighton. So huge loss there for UConn. Uh, then moving up, the number four spot is Tennessee at, with their record at 21-6. and six. Uh, Marquette has moved up a couple of spots to number five at 21-6. and six. Uh, then Arizona has taken a tumble to number six. Uh, they are 21 and six on the season right now. Uh, take uh, moving up a couple of spots to number seven, Kansas. They are 21 and six on the season right now. Uh, then moving down a couple of spots to number eight, Iowa State. They are also 21 and six. We've got quite a few 21 and six teams here right now. Uh, then uh, maintaining basically the same spot they've been in for the most part all season, the number nine spot, North Carolina at 21 and six, and then rounding out the college basketball top 10 rankings, Duke at 21 and six, <clears throat> who took a huge loss to Wake Forest this weekend. I mean, it was a close battle, uh, but really the controversy was, um, you know, in college basketball, they still do uh, the crowd rushing the court, which in my opinion, I've, I've always thought was weird. Uh, even when I see it, um, in, in old games, because um, I'm so bored right now uh, with nothing to watch that I'm actually re-watching old Super Bowls um, of the past. I'm actually on Super Bowl 15 right now. So uh, re-watching old games, it's weird to see crowds run onto the field uh, just because, I mean, from a safety standpoint, I mean, uh, you don't want to see players get hurt. You don't want to see them in altercations with fans. And it just is always... It's just as weird. I know I know back in the day it was quite common, but 
when I see them rush the basketball court these days, it's still weird to me. I, I, I get it. It's their stupid little tradition and all that dumbassery, and people do like to see it, and I guess it's kind of exciting, but in my opinion, the fans have nothing to do with the game, so I don't see why they're out there celebrating anything because they didn't do shit. Only the players and the coaches are, are the ones, in my opinion, who should be celebrating. But anyways, Wake Forest fans, since it was in, in, at, at Wake Forest, uh, they did rush the court, and one of the the, uh, the Duke players ended up getting injured. Uh, we're not quite sure how serious the injury was, um, but also another thing that I think is weird is you, you see fans, especially these days, they'll be using their phones and probably getting their stupid little TikToks or, or whatever, and <laughs> look at me, I'm talking shit to the player, and they just... To me, it's just weird that uh, you're even still allowed to rush the court. It, only in college basketball, too. It's only in college basketball. You can't do it in college football. You can't do it in pro sports, obviously. It is only in college basketball where you see them rush the court. Um, I don't know if this uh, if this altercation is enough to get them to ban it. I mean, technically, rushing the court is banned around the league, but all they do is fine college, the college um, teams and... Um, Usually it's they just pay it because the fines only I think something like I want to say like sixty seventy thousand dollars and then the next offense is a hundred grand or something like that so obviously all the colleges they can afford it and it's not that big of a deal to them so technically you're not supposed to do it but it's not completely banned and I just kind of feel like you should ban it not just because of what happened this this past weekend but just because like I said I think it's weird to see fans run onto the field or the court in this case. Why are they there? They didn't win anything. It's cool that you see your team win, but you did nothing, so why are you there? Um, also, why are you talking shit? Once again, you didn't do anything. The team did, and um, it's just weird. It, it's just weird to see fans rush the court uh, for many reasons. Like I said, most notably safety reasons. Uh, just you don't want to see guys get hurt, and you just don't want to see random altercations. I mean... You don't want to see so get somebody getting a player's face and then the player punch a fan out or something like that. You don't want to see that. So I just kind of think it's weird that they still have fans running to the court. But like I said, I don't really think this is going to change anything. It should, um, but it probably won't. And so that was the uh, that was the weird thing that happened over the weekend. Like I said, they haven't said anything uh, major about the player that was injured uh, when the crowd rushed the court. They said sprained knee or something of that sort but regardless I just thought it was weird and um, I think they should ban it but I don't think anything's going to change all right y'all that is today's show uh, so enjoy the week of sports and I will talk to you all on Friday <laughs>